Friends, we're going to be looking at several passages from the book of Psalms that I'll read in the sermon. Um, We'll also look at one passage from Zephaniah, which is one of the minor prophets um, towards the end of the Old Testament. But I want to remind us, and um, for those of you that are guests that haven't been with us, last week, Pastor Dave um, preached on the prayer of Paul from Ephesians, where he prayed that they would know the height and depth and breadth and width of God's love, and that they would be so rooted and established in his love, they'd grow up and um, to the fullness of his spirit in them. And... Um, As I was thinking about that, this just shows you how my random thoughts go in my brain. But um, I started thinking about this little text message or thing that I put on my calendar last spring. Um, I saw a planter with lots of beautiful tulip bulbs. And I put myself a note on my calendar that this past Saturday, get tulip bulbs and put them in a pot um, for next spring. And so I started researching it to just find out, well, can I just throw them in a pot of soil or whatever? So here's my my tulip bulbs. They're going to be lovely red tulips next spring, the Lord willing. But this is what they look like before they go in the soil. And these bulbs, they need to be in a certain kind of soil. I looked it up to see, how do you do this? Can you just throw it in sand? Can you throw it in my clay soil? And they suggested potting soil because it would be just the right environment for these to grow so that they would hold enough moisture um, and that they would develop. They need a little bit of water after you plant them. And then they said you might want to put a little, either watch out for pests that would like to, like little moles and things that would like to go in and dig them up. Or um, put a little pesticide on it. And I just saw parallels to how, um, I mean, if you look at these, these are kind of rough and beat up. This is what we're like when we come out of the kingdom of darkness and he plants us into the kingdom of light. And I think when he looks at us, he sees this. He sees those red tulip bulbs that are beautiful. He knows what he's put in us. And in the right environment of love, we're going to grow up and be beautiful because we're going to radiate his love and his presence because we are image bearers of God. And so when um, the church grows up, we're going to bring glory to God in this world and we're going to be a revelation of his kingdom. And so... One thing I want to um, talk about is this today. Love is a relationship of mutual delight. A quote that got me, I read this a few weeks ago, it got me thinking about this sermon, and the quote is this, the hallmark of secure attachment is mutual delight. The hallmark of secure attachment is mutual delight. The stamp of authenticity, the official mark that certifies that attachment has happened, is mutual delight. And so I want to look at four passages. You know, usually, often, we take a chunk of scripture and work through it together, verse by verse, or concept by concept. 
But this time I want to take several verses that are in the Bible that talk about delight and look at them to see a principle um, of this mutual delight. God's delight in us, our delight in him. So Psalm 147, verse 11, talks about God's heart. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. All right, so God delights in those who fear him, to be in awe of him, to honor him. And if you notice, that delight and love are right there in the same verse. All right, Psalm 37, 4, this is talking about the believer's heart and a charge the psalmist says, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Another few verses from Psalm 119 Verses 16, and then looking at 45 to 48, talking about the believer's heart, the psalmist says this, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. So we hear God's delight, and then here we hear his children's delight in his words. And then Zephaniah 3.17, this is talking about God's heart again. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Now, some of you know that I just love words, and I like to study words and think about words and what do they mean. And what I found as I was looking at this word delight is that there's actually several different Hebrew words that the um, Bible uses to describe delight. And every time we look at one of these, I think we can get more, more understanding of God's delight in us. And so 147.11 says, The Lord delights in those who fear him. And that word, the um, word delight means to be pleased with, to be favorable toward, to approve, to set affection toward, to enjoy, to like, to observe, to take pleasure in. All right? So the Lord delights in those who fear him. We could say it this way if I wanted to put all of those definitions in the verse. The Lord is pleased with, approves, is favorable towards, enjoys, likes, observes, takes pleasure in, sets his affection toward those who fear, who reverence, who honor him, and put their hope in his unfailing love. Friends, if we respect God, if we um, revere him, and we put our hope in his love, God's pleased with you. He likes you. He takes great pleasure in you. Think about that. Think about the significance that God Almighty likes you. 
I mean, what that means to our heart, that God likes me, that we're accepted, that he delights in us, the truth of that, let it sink in. I'm going to have to have my water. Thank you. Psalm 37.4, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That word delight in the Hebrew means to be happy about, exquisite delight, to make merry over. And so to paraphrase that, be happy about and have exquisite, superb, magnificent delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the one who's beautiful who's excellent, who's perfect. Be happy and delight in God, and he'll notice. He'll notice your attitude towards him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I ask the question, how can he risk making this promise? How can he risk making this promise that he'll give us the desires of our heart? But when you love God, when you delight in him, when you see his worth and his value, you want him. What your heart longs for is him and his will and his kingdom because you know it's good and you know it's right. Psalm 119, that word delight means um, that to delight in or to light oneself. So that's not like, it's like, oh, I don't know that that's that much more helpful. But it's saying when we delight in God's words, we'll not neglect his word. We'll walk about in freedom. We'll speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame. And I think, now what in the world does that mean? That means if we delight in him, And because, you know, if you love somebody, you pay attention to what they say, and then you often quote them, or you're saying things kind of like them. We'll have something wise to say in front of important people, because the Holy Spirit will bring scripture and the, the ways that God would think about a situation, and we'll have something to say. We delight in your commands because we love them. We seek them out. Think about what have you been searching for? What have you been seeking lately? Have you been seeking them out? When we delight in God's word, because we know he's perfect and what his word is is an expression of himself, then we'll care about what God's word says and what he says about things like money, about sex, about how to treat other people. We'll care what he says about marriage and divorce, about helping the poor. We'll care about what he says about work and what he says about rest. He wants to speak to us. Do you want to hear? Are you listening? Are you delighting in his word? Zephaniah 3.17, this actually literally In the Greek, it would be like this, if you literally translated it. He will be exceedingly glad and display great joy with great pleasure in you. 
And then it goes on to say, and he'll rejoice over you with singing. Love delights in the other. Can you hear this mutual delight that God delights in his, his children? His children delight in him. There's mutual delight. He plants us, and then we delight. We grow up in his love. We send out those roots. We get established. We start to grow up just like those tulip bulbs are growing up. We start to grow up into who he's actually designed us to be, and we're going to delight in him. We delight in his presence, and I have um, observed recently a relationship between a loving father and loving daughters, and um, this dad would have, like on his screensaver, a picture of his daughters. When he goes home, they run to embrace him. He can't wait to be embraced because he wants to hug them, too. There's just delight in being together. When we delight in God, we'll delight in his word. And I think about how as friends, like, I, you know, we think about analogy, right? Like, how do I relate this, like, this idea of being delighting in his word? And I think, well, when friends have deep, meaningful, long, engaging conversations together, it's so rich. Like, think about sitting around the campfire and you just talk and it's so rich and it's so meaningful and you just wish that it, you weren't getting so sleepy you had to go to bed, right? Um, when we delight in somebody's words because we love them and we want to hear their thoughts, we want to know what they think about it. We delight in um, God. We delight in his interest. And I um, think about how that I've seen pictures of um, dads that maybe really were into woodworking or tools and how their little guys or little girls will start picking up tools and they'll start playing with something in the house and it's pretending like that's the drill or that's the hammer. Or parents that are maybe um, musicians and um, their kids start to want to play the piano or they want to, they just pretend like they're strumming on it. Everything becomes a guitar or whatever. Um, we care about the interest of the one that we delight in. And when we um, delight in God, we care about what he's interested in and we notice him and he notices us. And um, one picture that I have of this is how grandparents delight in grandchildren and grandchildren delight in the grandparents and how um, I've got friends that like they post a daily picture of their grandchild. You know, here's my smile for today. Here's the cute one doing whatever today, you know, and they just delight. And I think about how when um, my children were little and they just delighted when grandma came. And um, grandma often gave them treats and things, and they got to go see the pumpkin field. And, you know, like whatever it was, there was just this enjoyment of being together and doing things together. When there's a relationship, there's mutual delight. And um, you notice, you notice a person. When I delight in somebody, I notice their hair. I notice their words. I notice Pastor Jaleesa says, um, pause it when she wants to suggest something. I'll pause it this. And it makes me, like, I've never used the word pause it until 
I've gotten to know Pastor Jaleesa more, and I've actually picked up that word. Or she says, frame it. Like, how are we going to frame this? Like, how are we going to represent this or um, present this, this information in a way? And she says, frame it. And now I say, frame it. How are we? Let's frame this this way or whatever. It's kind of crazy. But, you know, when you love somebody, you respect them, and you spend time with them, you start to, like, pick up their language. You start to notice their actions. You notice their interest. And you long to spend time together. You might want to hug. You might want to shake hands. But there's going to be some expressions of acknowledgement of um, affirmation, words of affirmation to one another. And that's what God speaks. We've sung of his love and we've sung our love back to him this morning. Now I want to ask this because I know that when I'm talking about this, that there are times, just like in every relationship, kind of ebbs and flows, right? Relationships take work. Our relationship with the Lord takes work. It's an investment. And I want to ask the question, what if we don't delight in God? What if we're his children, but we aren't delighting in him? And it made me um, think about when I was a parent. And um, if my my child would start to um, avoid me or be quiet or moody or disrespectful, are not listening, I would pay attention. And I quite often, there was either something they were doing that was disobedient, some sin, or there was often some hurt, some feelings that needed to be processed. And I want to posit that it may be the same with us with the Lord. If we're not delighting in him, Are we avoiding him? Are we being distant? Are we maybe even being um, quiet or disrespectful in some way? And I want to say, you might ask the Holy Spirit, is there some sin in my life that's causing me to want to not come into your presence, to not read your word? Or are there some hurts I have? Something that, you know, that's part of this beauty of, um, like, that idea of roots And the prayer of Paul, this amazing prayer, that we would grow in the knowledge of his love. Because his love can minister to every hurt we have. But we need to bring those, we need to explore, we need to send our roots over to that, you know, to his love and say, my heart is hurting right now because of concerns about what's happening in the world. Or, my heart is hurting right now, Lord, because of a strained relationship. And ask the love of God to meet you there and the Lord to minister to you. Because when he does, you're going to delight in him, even as he delights in you. All right, a few other thoughts about if we're not delighting in the Lord, what about that? Well, you might ask the question, what am I delighting in? Perhaps we're overindulging in things that are not bad, but just are not meant to take God's place. And so things like hobbies, entertainment, food, shopping, even another person 
you might be allowing to be in God's place. And you might want to ask the Lord if there's things that have crept into your life that are taking that number one spot of your time and attention and affection. In your relationship with God, delight can be nurtured. All right? I said relationships take work, and we can be intentional. And so we can be intentional about spending time with the Lord and maybe setting limits on anything that's robbing your time. I am shocked when my um, iPhone tells me what my screen time was last week. Anybody else? Right? And it's like, I need to put a limit on this. Like, this is not okay. I mean, I do work. So I do work for my phone quite a bit. So just the disclaimer. But still, it can rob us of time with the Lord. Because, you know, when you start to scroll and you start to open this and that, and pretty soon, how long's gone by? And how long are we spending with the Lord? And I'm not saying this to guilt you or condemn you, but I'm just saying... Pay attention. If you're feeling like you're not delighting in the Lord, think about where you are spending your time. I tried to think of a couple of things that have helped me to grow in my delight of the Lord. And one is I look for somebody who loves the word because it says, you know, I delight in your word. I delight in your commands. I delight in your precepts. And so I looked for somebody. And I'm going to pick on you. Don't be mad at me. Um, But I looked for somebody that loved the word. This guy's had his Bible rebound because he wore out the other binding. And I looked for somebody that wrote in it and maybe even had tear stains, like wrinkled pages, you know, because they had cried over it. And I wanted to spend time with somebody like that. Because when I do, I learn how good God is. And they point me to things in the scripture that helps me grow in my delight. Another thing I've done is I've looked for somebody that loves to pray, that really has an intimate relationship with the Lord through their prayer life of praying and listening. I've learned, I've learned to grow in my delight of the Lord by some of their practices. One of my friends said, hey, let's take a walk. And so I thought we were going just for a friendly walk. And she says, all right, let's praise the Lord and let's start with the letter A and let's go all the way through the alphabet and take turns praising the Lord. And anyway, it was the most enjoyable walk. And, um, you know, if you're walking to get through A through Z and you have to think of it, it's a long walk. Um, It was wonderful, but it helped me so much. So now when I go outside, oftentimes that comes back to mind, like, Think about praising the Lord and using the alphabet to help stimulate things to praise him and thank him for. Another thing was um, we had a a mentor that um, told us that he looked for something new to thank God for every day that he had never thanked him for before. And that stuck with me. So recently I was thanking the Lord for the invention of the wheel. Um, You know, just anything to think about how that has been a blessing in my life, how it's a blessing in our lives. Um, Anyway, the idea is spend time with people who have a, a tight relationship and deeply delight in the Lord in prayer and in the word. And it can just kind of rub off on you. It helps it helps us grow.
And then be sensitive to God's desires and just intentionally try to obey him. And so because when we obey him, all of a sudden you realize that you actually delight. Like he gives us these commands because we're supposed to flourish, right? So we know we're supposed to proclaim the gospel and share the good news and be out on mission. And um, recently, Dane and I came for prayer walking. And um, anyway, we were out walking and praying, and we encountered one of the art prize artists who was um, painting a photo spot. And anyway, and so as she was painting, uh, you actually, I, I'm forgetting your name, but you were with me, right? Were you with me or the, yeah. Anyway, we were together and we were prayer walking, and so we struck up this conversation with the artist and um then it just seemed like, oh, I was listening to her talk about um, being away from her family down here painting. And, you know, she got this extra assignment to do. And anyway, and I just felt like the Lord just said, just prompted me, like, offer to pray for her. And so I said, could I pray for you? You know, and she was like, she looked a little uncomfortable, but she said yes. And I said, you can keep painting. You don't have to close your eyes or anything. And um, anyway, and so she kept painting, and I just prayed and asked the Lord to bless her husband and her four children that were in another city to help everything to go well at home. And also then it came to my mind, pray for her sleep, because I'm thinking she's in a different city by herself, so I prayed for her sleep. And anyway, and she just stopped painting, turns around, her mouth is open, and she's like, how did you know? How did you know what I needed? And I said, oh, God loves you, and he knows exactly what you need, and he just prompted me. He just showed me how to pray for you because we're out showing the love of God, and he just loves you. And anyway, now she was blessed. I was blessed. Friends, I was, like, joyful. I'm like, why don't I go prayer walking every day? You know, like, <laughs> this is so fun, right? And um, so, really, it's just, it's sometimes just, actually being intentional and obeying the Lord, and you'll start to delight in him because he's actually designed us to, to um, flourish, just like the tulips will grow up in the right environment when we obey God's word, when we delight in it. Other ideas, regular worship by yourself, here at church with others. Also, the encounter nights, Carolyn's going to, I think, say something about those at the end of the service but a time to encounter the Lord, hear from him, be encouraged, and also knowing he delights in you, you can share your delight in him. And then um, the other idea I had was this idea of small groups, being in community together, encouraging each other, will help us to delight in the Lord and to know his delight in us, because sometimes we do get down, and we needed to be reminded about how much he loves us, and I think We'll hear more from Pastor Jaleesa and Brittany in the coming weeks about that. All right, relationships aren't perfect. Amen? Um, Even my relationship with the Lord isn't perfect because I'm part of the equation. But you know what? When we sin, when we blow it, when we fall short, and there's temptation, and there's distraction, but when we return, when we repent, when we come back, He restores us. He delights in us. And this is exactly what the context of this 
I read you this verse from Zephaniah about him delighting in us and singing over us with joy. His people had been far from him, had gone through a really difficult time of discipline, and they repented, and there was a remnant that returned. And it was this remnant that he says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, and in his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I was on an um, international prayer meeting, Zoom meeting last night. There was a man who was saying, you know, I know God's love and that he forgives sin, but what if you've done something so bad that you feel like you can't be forgiven? And it was so fun to be um, not on the, I didn't have my video on. And so other people that had their video on were answering. And I got to listen in to hear just people proclaiming the truth about, they said, if you think you've done something so bad, then when Jesus said, it is finished, you're saying it wasn't really true. And they said, if you aren't accepting God's forgiveness, you're just not forgiving yourself. Jesus has forgiven you. And anyway, and he said, I see that now. And his eyes were opened, and he believed the forgiveness of his sins. And I saw a change in his countenance and the way he started to realize that God loved him, that he loved him so much. And he loves each one of us that have professed our faith in him. He died on that cross for us. And he delights in us when we're delighting in him. And he delights in us when we come back to him, when we repent. Anything that we've done that has gotten in the way, maybe our relationship has strayed. It's gotten weak, you might say. It was still secure because God's holding you in his hand. But today, he's in, he just wants you to know he delights in you. He loves you. He likes you. He sets his affections on you. And he says, I love you. And he sings over you. It says he sings. Can you imagine like a parent singing? I used to sing over my kids at night. I love you, little Kaylee. I love you, yes, I do. I love you, little Kaylee. Your eyes are blue. Oh, I love you. I love you. Our Heavenly Father sings a song over each one of us. He delights in you. Lord, I ask that you would just help us to recognize your delight. Lord, I pray that we would recognize that you, we, we think so often of the throne room in Revelation and the worship that goes up to you. But to think that you're singing over us, you're singing over each one. Lord, I pray that maybe you'd even let us hear the songs that you're singing. 
the words that you're saying, the love that you're expressing. We wait on you, Lord. I just want to take a minute to just be quiet in the presence of the Lord together. week long as I've been preparing this sermon, I just I kept thinking about the song. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one my heart adores. And I felt like the Lord was saying that he sings over us. Oh, church, I love you. Oh, church, I love you. You are the one my, my heart adores. Lord, help us to live in this knowledge and to grow in this knowledge of your love for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.